The Bible is separated into the Old and New Testaments. We read accounts of diverse people in various times. We find poetry, historical texts, and personal letters, but all of it points to Jesus. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. played the child's game, Simon says, or maybe follow the leader. I like that one. But both games have a person that's in charge and the rest are supposed to do what that person says to do. From a young age, we're taught to follow. We're taught to follow the leader, if you will. And some of the ways we follow are by following instructions. Others are imitating uh, the words or the actions of those uh, that we are around. Sometimes it's uh, more caught than taught, if you will. And I recently saw a video, and this was a, a pastor in his congregation, something like this this morning, and he's in the middle of the message, and he just stops mid-thought and takes off running off the stage. I don't know if you saw this video or not, but he was pulling a prank on his church, and they all looked around confused, and people started standing up, and they started running out of the building, mass kind of chaos. I mean, he didn't say a word. He just runs off stage. It's hilarious. People were ducking down. They were standing up to leave. I mean, it was the pastor who cried wolf, if you will. I mean, it was crazy. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to pull a prank like that on you this morning. This morning is the key word. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But it does provide an illustration for us. If there's no clear command, chaos and confusion can happen. So today we're wrapping up our series at the scene. And we've looked at the places in the Old Testament where scholars believe a pre-incarnate Jesus showed up at the scene. These are called Christophanies. They're, they're places where they believe that Jesus showed up in the Old Testament. And so today we're, we're looking at the story where Joshua encounters the commander of the Lord's army before the battle of Jericho. It's a moment where Joshua submits to the command of God. Joshua chapter 5 verse 13. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied, I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. He says, I am at your command. What do you want your servant to do? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. Joshua was a new leader at the time. He, he was about to really encounter his first battle to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. It's here where God shows up at the scene, and we see two things that God is for Joshua, and we see how Joshua responds to each one of them. The first thing we see is that God shows up as a companion. It says that when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him. He looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him. Now Moses, think about this. If you, if you backed up in the, in, in the Bible just a little bit, you would see that Moses, he, who did he have? He had Joshua. He had Aaron. He had Hur. 
He had other people that were around him. But at this point in the Bible, in, in this and in earlier chapters in Joshua, we don't see a second-in-command type of guy. There's no vice Joshua there. There's no vice leader there. There's no one that's second-in-command there. But by having a face-to-face -face meeting now with what we know is the commander of the Lord's army, Joshua knew that he was not alone. He was not alone. Not, not that he needed more confirmation, but he knew that he had God on his side, that God was going to be his companion throughout this journey. God did not lead them to the promised land to abandon them. God did not lead them across the Jordan River to give up on them. God did not lead them to this very moment in history to say, you're on your own. He sent the commander of the Lord's army, his personal army, to go and be with them. Now, Joshua knew from his own experience what he was about to face in the land. I mean, think about this. He, he had been a spy at one time. He had gone, and he was one of the two that said, listen, we need to go. Yes, there's giants in the land. Yes, the fruit is huge. Yes, there's big giants, and it's going to be tough, and it's going to be hard. But we can do this. He was one of those two guys, him and Caleb. But So he knew the odds were against them. He knew that they seemed insurmountable. He knew the stakes were high. He knew that the very existence of their nation was hanging in the balance. But he knew that God was with him. He knew that God was right there on the scene with him. And Joshua was not alone. This was confirmation of what God had already told him in Joshua 1.9. He said, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Man, that's good news this morning, church. God is with us. That's good for Joshua, but it's good for us as well. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere mortals, more can mere people do to me? See, here's the thing right now. I want to just break this down for us just a minute. Look, I, I get it right now. I went, I went to Walmart last night and, 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 and the girl said, Kenzie said, listen, I need some, I need some uh, shampoo. I said, okay, I, I got it. I'm going, I'm going. I find the smallest bottle of the shampoo that she uses, and I'm like, $6? <laughs> and then I saw the Great Value brand, and it was $3. And I bought the $6 one because of my, my bougie child. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't I, but when I got home, I said, now listen, this is the last time because the ingredients are the same. Next time, I'm buying the $3 one if y'all send me because I'm not, I'm going to do this cheap. So I get it. I understand the pinch at the, at the grocery store. You walk in for two items and you walk out paying $56. It's crazy. Now, that wasn't that bad, but it was. I think I got four for 22 or something. It was crazy. So I get that. I understand. I see that times are tough right now. But look at what he said. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. So what is he talking about? He's talking about finances. So right now, some of you need to understand that in the economy that we are in, that you feel like you're alone. Let me tell you, you're not alone. Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, is right there with you. You may look at your bank account right now and see that it's on zero or see that it's in the red, and you're thinking, man, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet, but I'm going to tell you, the Lord of heaven's army is with you. 
God says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence that the Lord is my helper. So whatever life brings our way, we have a companion named Jesus. So what's the response to that? Our response to God, our companion, is this. It's worship. Did you notice it said in verse 14, at this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. He fell to his face in ground in reverence. Oh, man, I'm, I'm telling you. Have you ever seen somebody trip and fall? Face first on the ground? Come on. Somebody seen somebody busted before? Oh, I want to tell it so bad, but I'm not. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> My man yesterday, he the, the the street was flooded, and he had to go outside. Since you gave me permission, all right, this right here, he had to go outside. And Tisha said he was running to get the car to get it out of where the water was coming down the street. And when he hit the curb, he missed, I guess he missed the curb, but he went face first on the ground into the water, like belly flop right there. I'm telling you, get that mental picture this morning, somebody. That's exactly what Joshua did. He fell face first to the ground, but it wasn't wasn't so that he could be comedy relief for his wife. It was so that he could be worshiping God in reverence. There's something that's about when we see and we get into the presence of God that we got to be moved. We can't just sit still. We We can't just not respond. Our response when God shows up at the scene is worship. It's worshiping in reverence. When you get that unexpected check in the mail, don't don't say, oh man, I think whoever wrote that check. No, you need to say, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Come on, somebody. We've got to respond in worship. I love this. In Joshua 5, 14, it says, and he say, said, nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and did worship that word translated there means reverence uh, translated reverence and translated worship it means simply to bow down it means to sit there it means to bow down god i I bow down and worship i fall on my face before you i bless your name this morning see when we realize that god is with us our response should be worship Our response should be adoration and praise unto him. When we need to give him praise for what he has done, we've got to do that. We can't can't just withhold our praise. See, the scripture says, if we withhold our praise, the very rocks will cry out. Psalm 29 verse 1 says, honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for his glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. See, I I love how the message paraphrases this. Now listen, if you use the message as a regular, as a part of your regular devotion, I'm going to encourage you to get like a translation. The message is a paraphrase. It's a good good, uh, Bible, if you will, to to read with something else because it kind of can give more of a commentary, if you will. So I love how it paraphrases this this particular verse. Verse 1, it says, bravo God, bravo. God's and all angels shout encore. <laughs> Have you ever been to a concert? I love going to the concert, but man, at the end of the concert, when you want that, you know they've saved the best 
for last. They've saved that one classic song that they're known for. I'm talking, if you show up at that show, you are, I mean, it, you're, you're waiting to hear. That's the song you've been waiting for all night, and they've withheld that one song. So at the end, they kind of give the fake goodbye. They run off on the stage, and then everybody starts clapping, putting their hands together. Encore, encore, and people are going crazy and they're shouting, and then you can kind of see them come back and they come back, and everybody's going nuts and crazy. The lights come back on and they start playing their signature song, and there's something powerful about that moment. What if we shouted bravo? What if we shouted encore to God, saying, I'm going to give you my best? In his latest book, Please Sorry Thanks, Mark Batterson tells the story of Nikolai Tesla. Maybe you've heard the name Tesla. It's where uh, they got the name from. Nikolai Tesla was granted more than 100 U.S. patents. His most famous invention, the alternating current power system, supplies our home with easy access to electrical power. Every time you flip a switch, you owe Tesla a thanks. He's reported to have had a ritual that is both revealing and inspiring. Here's what he did. During thunderstorms, he would sit on a couch near a window in his home. And every time lightning struck and thunder clapped, Tesla would rise to his feet and he would give God an applause. Now that's cool. It was one genius giving a standing ovation to the almighty God. For the record, think about this. There are approximately 2,000 thunderstorms on planet Earth at any given time. And lightning strikes about 40 times per second. That's 3.46 million times per day that lightning strikes. That's a lot of standing ovations. But according to the psalmist, the angels are shouting encore after each one. When was the last time you clapped for the creator? When was the last time you gave God a standing ovation? When was the last time you thanked God for a baby's smile or or your spouse's touch or a child's laugh? When was the last time you were so awed by the night sky or the autumn leaves or snow-capped mountains or ocean waves that you worshiped the creator in wide-eyed wonder. Think about that, church. When was the last time you just thanked God for something? Let me add to that. When was the last time that you just simply said thank you, that he promised that he never would leave you or forsake you, that you're not alone? The second thing I want you to see how God shows up at the scene, he he not only shows up as companion, but he shows up as commander. Verse 14, he says, I am the commander of of the Lord's army. Joshua was on the eve of, of, of the great battle uh, of his first really military battle as the leader of Israel. He's nearing the town of Jericho, and I su- suspect he was contemplating what would be a sound military strategy. Perhaps he was getting in some alone time with God. Maybe he was praying. I, I know if I'm about to lead a nation into to war that I'm, I'm going to be walking and praying and, and asking God for help. I don't know what he was doing, but he was maybe collecting his thoughts when all of a sudden a man appears and he's got a sword in his hand. It's the commander of the Lord's army. Now, no matter how high we go up a leadership ladder, I don't care if, if you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. I don't care if you're the boss, if you will, of your workplace. There's always... Somebody higher in authority. And for us, as followers of Jesus Christ, 
It's God. Ephesians 1.19 says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now listen, get this. Verse 21, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So God said here, Jesus, all of this is under your authority. All of this. As an individual, man, Siri, Did y'all see this week that the Boston Red Sox guy, he, the play-by-play announcer, he announced the, a player from Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whose name is Siri. And in the middle of the broadcast, he, as he announced this thing, Siri begins to speak to him and answer him, and everybody in the booth just loses it. And I thought, I can identify with that. That happens to me way too much on Sunday morning. I'm telling you. I appreciate the amen and the encouragement there, but let me get back to the message. (laughs) As an individual, I've got to submit to the command of Jesus. Before I'm a husband, before I'm a father, before I'm a son, before I'm a friend, before I'm a pastor, before I'm a community leader, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Now put yourself in that. As individuals, all the roles, all the titles, whatever's on your business card, whatever you have in your life where you would consider a title, before you're any of that, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. As your pastor, I've got to submit to Jesus. This is his church. He is the commander. Isn't that what he said? He said, I put the church under his authority. All, All authority has been given to God. All authority has been given to Jesus. So what I do is I choose to follow. As a church, we are to submit ourselves to the command of Jesus Christ. He gives the vision. He gives the direction. It's humbling and it's sobering to know that God chooses to use us. As he gives direction, then we have to follow. See, Joshua could have dismissed this as a crazy dream or a lack of sleep. Instead, he understood that he was being led by the commander of the Lord's army, that things were about to get really good. Because see, when you follow Jesus, it gets good. There's an end game in mind. There's something that's about to happen. Joshua was about to walk over the next seven days. What was about to happen is he was going to walk around a city that was walled up, that had these magnificent walls that, 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 that he couldn't get in. And he walked around the first day, and he walked around the second day, and he walked around the third, and he's got the children of Israel following him. And I'm thinking they probably are thinking, what's this guy doing? But they're, they're submitting just as like he's submitting. And then finally on the seventh day, they walk around seven times, and then they shout. Why? Because God had already given them the city. He'd already given them plans. So when they shouted what happened, the walls came tumbling down. See, when you follow Jesus Christ and you submit to him as his commander, things get really good. I love what Watchman Nee said in his classic book, Spiritual Authority. He said, the acts of God issue from his throne and his throne is established on his authority. All things are created through God's authority and all physical laws of the universe are maintained by his authority. Hence, the Bible expresses it as upholding all things by the word of his power, which means 
means upholding all things by the word of the power of his authority. For God's authority represents God himself, whereas his power stands only for his act. Sin against power is more easily forgiven than sin against authority, because the latter is a sin against God himself. God alone is authority in all things, and all the authorities of the earth are instituted by God. Authority is a tremendous thing in the universe. Nothing overshadows it. It is therefore imperative for us who desire to soak God to know the authority of God. So it's important that we come under the cover of the authority. So what's our response to God, our commander? It's submission. I want you to see what it said. He said in verse 14, at this, Joshua fell with his face to ground in reverence. And he said, I'm at your command. What do you want your servant to do? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy. And I love this last seven words. And Joshua did as he was told. In this series, we've been studying what scholars believe are Christophanies, Old Testament appearances of Jesus. And this is one of those moments. And now Joshua, seeing that this is the captain of the Lord's army, he asks a simple question. He says, what do you want your servant to do? What do you want your servant to do? How many times do we ask God that question? God, what do you want your servant to do? God, what do you want me to do? I find it intriguing that the commander gives a very similar instruction to Joshua that Moses was given at the burning bush. We learned about that last week. Take off your sandals because the place where you're standing is holy. Now, taking off your sandals in a private meeting is not a hard task. It's relatively easy. But think about this. Joshua had watched as Moses lifted up his staff over the Red Sea when the entire Israelite nation was looking on. (laughs) And if it doesn't work, it's not going to be good for Moses. Now think about that. That's intimidating. Take off your sandals, and it's just me and the commander of the Lord's army. That's an easy thing. But doing what he says when your reputation is on the line is completely different. Joshua was given the instructions to march around the wall of Jericho. That's a tough task. It's easy to take off your sandals in private, but to announce to everybody, here's our, here's our great military strategy. We're just walking around. And we're going to do that for seven days, and on the seventh day, we're going to walk, walk around seven times, and then we're going to shout because God's given us the city. How are, this is what I want you to see this morning. God will never tr- t- trust you with the tougher task if you're not willing to be obedient in the simpler task. God will not trust you with speaking to thousands if you can't speak to your coworker. God's not going to bless you with thousands of dollars if you can't be good stewards of hundreds. If we're not willing to do what God asks us to do in small things, how can we expect him to give us bigger things? We will never have the opportunity to march around Jericho if we're not willing to step in the river. If we continue to turn a deaf ear to God's commands, he's going to leave us wandering in the desert. The Israelites, think about this, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Why? Because when Joshua and Caleb and the other spies came back and said, hey, here's the fruit of the land. Look, this is awesome. 
It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's great. It's wonderful. But there are giants in the land. And these giants are huge. And I'm not sure that we can, you know, the 10 of them said, I'm not sure that we can handle them. But Joshua and Caleb were like, yeah, we can take care of it. And, but the 10, they convinced everybody. And so God said, listen, you can just wander around in the desert for 40 years until this generation dies off. And then, then we'll go. But Joshua and Caleb, they get to stay around. They get to be a part of this. And so this time is different. This time, it was different. Why? Because they walked in faith. They walked in obedience. And Joshua did as he was told. Last week, we talked about divine voice recognition. We read from John 10, and I want to read that same scripture again, John 10, 27. And I want you to listen to this. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. We talked about that last week. My sheep listen to my voice. My sheep hear me. There's divine voice recognition. But I want you to see what else it says. He says, I know them and they follow me. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice and they follow me. Do we have that level of submission to God? Do we have that level of submission to our commander? Do we listen to his voice and we follow him? God is our companion and he's our commander. And when he shows up at the scene of our lives, our response should be worship and submission. A.W. Tozer in his classic book, The Pursuit of God, rightfully observed, why do some persons find God in a way that others do not? Have you ever wondered that? Let me, let me just pause that for a second. Have you ever wondered that, why some people find God? I mean, they, they have these awesome, miraculous testimonies, and you hear how God uses them. He says, why do some persons find God in a way that others do not? Why does God manifest his presence to some and let multitudes of others struggle along in the half-light of imperfect Christian experience? I want you to hear this. Of course, the will of God is the same for all. He has no favorites within his household. All he has ever done for any of his children, he will do for all of his children. The difference lies not with God, but with us. If you're wondering why God's not using you, then look in the mirror and ask yourself, have you been saying, I'm at your command? Are you doing what God spoke to you? If not, then how can he trust you with something else? What was the last thing he commanded you to do? You need to do it. Pastor, I can't do that. I was trying to, I was, I was at Walmart and I saw somebody and the Lord told me just to say something to him and I didn't say it. Okay, then ask for forgiveness and say, God, give me another chance. I promise you he's the God of second chances. And he will. Some of you are wondering why you're struggling. Why you're struggling in life. Maybe it's because you haven't been submitting to the word of God and to his will. Now listen, I love you today. I love you enough that I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. Because this is what I believe. The truth sets us free. The truth is not a bondage. The truth is not shackles. The truth is freedom. And when we have freedom in our life, then guess what happens? They, then the, we're free to do what God wants us to. We're free to act the way he wants us to act. So this morning, I'm gonna invite you to stand with me today. If you're watching online today, I want you to prepare your hearts as well. Last week, we talked about when Moses, see, it, it, did you notice that he said basically the same thing to Joshua that he said to Moses? He said, take off your sandals 
because the place where you're standing is holy. The last one what we talked about is, is that was removing a man-made barrier. Removing a man-made barrier between us. He, he said the place where you're at is holy. The ground where you're at, the, this is holy ground. The place where you're standing is holy. And so what you're doing is removing a barrier from you to the holy. And so this morning, some of you have put barriers up in your life. You've put barriers up in your heart. You've not been following the ways of God. Maybe, 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 maybe this week, you slip back into the old ways of doing things and you're like, man, today I'm making a new fresh decision. I'm making a fresh commitment. Maybe you're watching online today and you don't know Jesus. You've never heard about Jesus. Let me tell you, the Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, we've all sinned and messed up and fallen short of the glory of God. It says in Romans 6.23 that the wages or the payment of sin is death, but that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever Listen, whoever, there's no disclaimer on that. There's no disclaimer. It's whoever but this person. No, it's whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So how do I receive it? In a moment, we're going to count to three. And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because I want to know who, I, who we're praying with today. If you're watching online, I want you to send a, I want you to send a, a prayer uh, request or send a note to prayer at hopefamily.tv or put a comment in the comment section. But when I say three this morning, if you're in the house, I want you to raise your hand. Then we're going to pray a prayer because the scripture teaches us that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if that's you, when I say three this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm away from God or I messed up this week. I just want to rededicate my life to the Lord today. If, or maybe this is your first time to dedicate your life to the Lord. I want you to slip up your hand today. But when I, when I say three this morning, would you raise your hand? One, come on, somebody. Two, three. Anybody in this room today that would say, that's me. And here's what I'm going to ask us to do this morning. Would we all pray this prayer together? Would you say, dear Jesus? I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died, rose again, and you're the Lord of all. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Come on, can we just give him thanks for salvation this morning? God, we thank you this morning. Joshua said this. He says, I am at your command. Here's a response this morning. Tish is going to sing a song that we sang earlier. Worthy is your name. You deserve the praise. This is this is this song is our fall face first down in worship moment. But that's only half of this. The other half is submission. So as he was falling on his face in worship, he says, I'm at your command. Romans 12, 1, one of my life verses. It says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. Believe in CNIV that says this is your spiritual act of worship. 
best worship you can do is leave a life of submission to God. So this morning as she sings, we're going to have water baptism here in just a moment, and I'm going to go get ready, and those that are going to be baptized today are going to get ready as well. But the rest of you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to worship, and I want you to ask yourself this morning, make an altar right where you're at. God, is there a way that I haven't been submissive to you? And if the, the answer is whatever from God, I want you to make a covenant with him this morning that you're going to submit to his will and his way, that you're going to do what he said, and so it can be said of you, and Joshua did as he was told, and Rusty did as he was told. That would could be one of the greatest things ever said about you by the Almighty God, and they did as they were told. So as Tisha begins to lead us this morning, I'm going to invite you right there to make a place of worship and a place of submission to God as we get ready for baptism this morning. Go ahead.
Baptism is a symbol of the old man going down and the new man coming up. And so I'm excited this morning. A few weeks ago, Dalton came to me and asked me if I would if I would baptize him in water and said it'd be an honor. And so he's coming this morning. Dalton is uh, Ron Lusher, plays guitar. It's his grandson and Terry's grandson and his mom Amanda's here this morning. And we're just excited to have Dalton. Great guy. Do you want to take your glasses off there, bud? <laughs> Dalton, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Dalton, upon the profession of your faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, of His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's awesome. He, he's, he's been giving me two thumbs up over here before he came in. He's so excited this morning, man. Can, come on, can we give God praise this morning? Praise God. Our, ki- our kids came back in this morning, and I'm going to ask Sasha to take them to the back uh, this morning because it's, it's Mission Sunday, and uh, they got their change. They're going to collect the change for BGMC uh, today. So if you've got that uh, loose change uh, today, if you'll be sure to go and uh, as you as you walk out this morning, Pastor Ben's also going to be at the back uh, today. We've got. Today, next Sunday, and then on Father's Day, we're going to be drawing for the uh, raffle prize, and I know some of you are excited, hoping that you win, so if you'll go by and and, uh, get raffle tickets today, uh, they're $5 a piece, and they help our kids go to camp. Let me pray a prayer blessing over you and your family today. Father, I thank you for new life in Christ I thank you, Lord, that we can come boldly before your throne and we can present our requests to you. And I pray, God, that we would live lives of worship and submission. God, that it would be said of us, and they did as they were told. 
I pray, God, for blessing on our missionaries, our hope partners around the world. And I ask, God, that you would use the money that our kids collect for BGMC to equip our missionaries. Uh, God, use it to further your kingdom. And Lord, I pray over our church family that you would bless them and keep them, that you would make your face shine down upon them and be gracious to them and give them peace. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you.